News of the Times. History News Short. The Horsefield Child Poisoning. For our listeners, this is an interesting but complicated story. It was a very famous case in its day, as questions still remain regarding the woman's actual culpability. In short, Edward Bailey had an illegitimate child with 17-year-old Susan Jenkins. The baby's name was Sarah. The court held Edwin responsible for baby Sarah, and he was ordered to pay maintenance for the child at five shillings per week. Edwin Bailey was known to feel highly resentful of the required child support payments. Susan left the baby Sarah in the care of her mother, Mrs Jenkins. Mrs Jenkins and baby Sarah began to be visited by a woman purporting to be with a charity. Presents were given to Mrs Jenkins in support of baby Sarah. It was discovered, though the course of the trial, that the woman supposedly from the charity was Anne Ball, who worked in Edwin Bailey's shop. Anne was possibly having a relationship with Edward Bailey. The baby began teething. Anne offered a baby teething solution in packets of Steedman's soothing powders. The powders were used by the unsuspecting Jenkins on baby Sarah, and the baby died a few hours later. The packets were found to contain a vermin poisoning containing strychnine. The related news story below. From the Monmouthshire Merlin, December 1873, the Horsfield Child Poisonings, prisoners sentenced to death. At the Gloucester Assizes on Monday before Mr Justice Archibald, Edwin Bailey, 32, a tradesman in business, as a boot and shoemaker, and Annie Barry, 31, charwoman, were charged. The former with the willful murder of Sarah Jenkins at Stapleton on the 17th of August, and the latter, Anne Barry, with aiding and abetting. The trial lasted all through Monday and Tuesday and excited much painful interest. A great deal of evidence was given, but the facts of the cases were briefly these. The deceased Sarah Jenkins was the illegitimate daughter of a young woman named Susan Jenkins, who lived with her mother at Myrtle Cottage, about three miles from Bristol. The child's mother was formerly in service at Clifton, where her mistress occasionally sent her to the shop of Mr Edwin Bailey, boot and shoemaker. Mr Bailey is a married man, but it is alleged that an improper intimacy sprang up between them, which resulted in the birth for the now deceased child, Sarah Jenkins. The child was affiliated to Bailey against whom an order was made for the payment of five shillings a week. Soon after this order was made, a woman called upon the mother, Susan Jenkins, made sundry inquiries regarding the newborn child and professed to take a deep interest in its welfare. This mysterious woman continued her visits and came to see the child two to three times a week, sometimes bringing it cakes and socks. She frequently took the child out, and on one occasion she took a lock of its hair.
At another time, she requested to be allowed to adopt it as her own, but the mother, Susan, refused to accede to this request. The conduct of the woman was somewhat of a puzzle for the child's mother and grandmother, and although she frequently was asked her name, she always evaded the question, simply saying it was Anne. She continued her visit up to the 15th of August last, on which day she again called as the child was then suffering from some slight ailment. She suggested some powders should be given it for teething. She said that in all probability she would send the powders. She then left, and the next day, or shortly afterwards, a letter was brought to Mrs. Jenkins' house addressed to Susan Jenkins. The address appeared to be in a female's handwriting, and on opening the note it was found to contain a shilling's worth of postage stamps and three powders marked Steedman's Powders, and there was also a note stating that some clothes for the child would be sent in a day or two. On the day after the receipt of the letter, the child's mother left service and returned home. When the letter was shown to her, it was concluded that the articles had been sent to her by some benevolent person. On the following Sunday evening, the child's gums were swollen, and as it was unwell, the mother mixed one of the powders in some sock bread and administered it to the child, who died ten minutes after taking it. Dr. Parsons was called in, and having examined the two remaining powders, he was led to suppose that they contained poison. The powders were subsequently submitted to an analytical chemist in Cheltenham, and he expressed the opinion that the powders had been taken out of the original Steedman's papers and replaced by a vermin-killing powder containing strychnine. Suspicions were naturally excited against the putative father of the child and against the woman who had visited the deceased child in so mysterious a manner. Bailey, who had denied the parentage of the child and had been heard to say he would give half a sovereign to the first person who brought him tidings of its death, was apprehended. In his writing case was found note-paper, envelopes and stamps, which corresponded in every particular with the note-paper, envelope and stamps sent with the powders which had caused the child's death. On the last occasion that the mysterious woman visitor called at the house, she said she would not call again as she was going to move somewhere else, but she did not give her address. However, the police succeeded in discovering her whereabouts, and she turned out to be the female prisoner Anne Barry, a charwoman, who, although had repeatedly stated she knew nothing of Bailey, she had been in his employ and was well known to him and he to her, and was in his employ at or near the time of the child's death. The judge Having very carefully and clearly summed up the case, the jury consulted a few minutes in private and then returned into the court with a verdict of guilty.
against both prisoners. Bailey calmly protested his innocence. The judge, in passing sentence, said the crime of which the prisoners had been found guilty had been carried out with great premeditation and deliberation. His lordship then passed sentence in the usual form, and the prisoners, who had listened to their doom without exhibiting the slightest manifestation or perturbation, walked deliberately from the dock. You have been listening to News of the Times, and I am Robin Coles.